the best way to get something done, if you, if it holds near and dear to you that you uh, um, like to be able to, anyway. <laughs> it's getting ugly, folks. There's no other way to put it. Team smotherage for the rest of your life on this thing. What are you going to do? Whoa, whoa, whoa. This is the Brian Suits Show. A protest in Olympia yesterday. We'll get to that about the uh, give newborns to the drug addict parents law that uh, that the representative Ortiz self from Summers County put her her Ortiz self proudly on there. And uh, turns out it is a slow motion. It's a, it's a time bomb. And one of them went off in Portland. Or, I mean, uh, Port Townsend two weeks ago. The, the dead three-week-old infant, and then we'll, we'll get to that. Um, and so something, by the way, uh, the Secretary of the Treasury, Janet Yellen, evidently yielding to the White House on this, enlisting your bank to spy on you, depending on your transactions, the White House um, looking for uh, keyword, pro words <clears throat> like... Um, MAGA, I mean, doing surveillance through your bank based on transactions that have to, have to do with words like MAGA, religion, Cabela's, Bass Pro Shop, and Dick's Sporting Goods, you know, all firearms retailers. And those are extremism indicators to, to this White House. If, if you stroll through Cabela's and, and look, look at that stuffed sea lion, the one in Lacey, pretty cool. And, um, and and walk out with a with a weapon or ammo, and then later on, uh, you're scanning through uh, Barnes and Noble or some other online bookstore, and you buy a religious text. Then you're obviously a right wing Bible Bible thumping gun grabber or gun hugger or whatever. Uh, and I mean, and this is stunning. This, this was uh, Fox Business that revealed this. And, you know, will will a Democratic-led uh, government call on Janet Yellen to come before the House? I, mean, I, I don't know, but more more details on that coming up here at the bottom of the hour. Uh, here at the top of the hour, so there's a company um, down south called uh, Boeing, and they make uh, the airplanes. And would the director of the FAA fly into 737? He said yesterday he would. Um, the NTSB coming out and saying that that apparently <clears throat> that 737 that lost the door plug over Portland was delivered without a door plug. I I thought we had heard that it was brought in for maintenance and the and a Renton uh, a Boeing maintenance crew reinstalled it without the door the door plug. And I made the very poor joke of the guy leaving with four bolts in his coveralls or whatever. They're saying it was not delivered with the uh, bolts to permanently lock in the door plug unless you take them out and have to temporarily take it out. And evidently, there was a series of 737s from uh, like a run of production, like four, four airframes, four aircraft that came out of uh, Spirit Aero Systems in Wichita, the, the subassembly uh, folks that make the fuselage that there was a run of four or five of them that the airlines 
uh, self-policed when, when they did that safety stand down and they searched the, I mean, they inspected their own aircraft. They found some that were similarly unfastened and apparently they, they were on the same assembly line at the same time. Like they, they preceded that airframe, the Portland airframe, um, by two or three fuselages and then two or three afterwards. So it would seem like one crew of workers was drinking on the job in Wichita or whatever, but they, they failed to put, or whoever the bolt guy was, he didn't put him in. Because it was as simple as lifting up the trim, the cabin trim, and exposing with the the sound-baffling insulation and exposing the inside of that door plug on other aircraft, and they could just eyeball it and go, no bolts. And then another one, no bolts, no bolts. Anyway, uh, Ed Pearson's a former... A senior production manager on the 737 line. He's now identified as a 737 uh, whistleblower, and uh, he he reacted on Fox News a little while ago. Yeah, it's it's absolutely inexcusable. And, and and when the CEO says the accountability rests with us, that's you know stating the obvious. But really, unfortunately, what we're seeing is more and more of this accountability is transferring to the passengers and the crew. Um, you know, I, I read the NTSB report uh, myself, and I just, you know, there's a glaring omission in that NTSB report, I got to tell you, which is there's no, um, they're still looking for the paperwork, supposedly, um, that authorized the rework that was done in the factory. And so that paperwork is, should be immediately available. I mean, it's, it's literally, you know, push a button and that paperwork should come out their computer. So I don't understand a month later why the NTSB. And he's talking about when the aircraft came back to Renton and Boeing had its hands back on it. And I, you know, I'm, I'm assuming, uh, you know, that everything is, is, uh, is on record, all the maintenance, you know, the time in what was done, the part numbers and the whole thing. I, but that's me assuming it would be, that'd be Brian airlines. He still doesn't have that information. Yeah, Ed, take us inside the factory, because what you're describing to our producers is that the pressure the employees are under. Oh, if you're on your way there, this is this guy backstabbing you, or is this the kind of thing we need to hear? What is that all about? Well, the employees are under tremendous pressure. They all have to cer do certain jobs every day, and if everything is perfect, the parts come in, they have good supervision, good quality control, they do amazing work. But what we've seen more and more is that they've just been um, basically on fire just trying to get, you know, planes out the door. And the pressure is deliveries. That's where the focus is. It's not on the quality. Well, I rather think that the production pressure may be lightening up in the next uh, couple of years, according to uh, what some airline executives uh, had, had had said. I've That's the only way I've ever heard it described, whether it's from, uh, you know, Everett or Renton, is people saying that. You know, there's a lot of pressure, and I don't know. <clears throat> I I don't know if you have a scale. I I don't know if you've ever worked anywhere else. If you've ever been on, if you've ever fished for salmon in Alaska or whatever, I you know I I don't know what you call pressure. Um, I mean, I don't know because I'm in radio. I, I don't. We don't have. We don't. We we no longer assemble widgets in radio, do we? Phil and producer Frank. Not really. No. I mean, and we can't make nine o'clock come faster. Mm. Six to nine is six to nine. You know, it's it's fill it every break with content. We need content, damn it! Uh, and if you have to, just just go back and play a being Pierce County Sheriff's Department Malinois in between content. That'll be uh, anyway. Uh, well, so 
Uh, I mean, I, I I would take it uh, from from someone maybe because there was there was a time a couple of years ago when um, Airbus was in, in the Seattle area recruiting, and I think it was a kind of a downtime uh, for Boeing. But I don't know that anyone ever bit on that and moved to France or or whatever. And I think there's some assembly of Airbus in North America, but uh, and that would be an apples to apples. Like how how are they doing it? And, uh, you know, why doesn't this happen to them? Does, I mean, are they really sitting there at Wichita saying, where's the Bolt guy? Oh, he's sick today. Well, just uh, gravity will keep it in there. Uh, so how, how is it that these aircraft have, have been flying with, without the Bolts? And it's basically a, a, a Mattel a click, you know, snap-tight uh, model. <clears throat> Did you ever make uh, model planes as a kid? Oh, yeah. Total, oh, yeah, total dork on that. Oh, yeah. The Snaptite are the entry drug, but mm. they never look right. No, yeah, I really don't like them. Then you graduate to Tamiya. Ever, ever go into the Tamiya 172nd oh, yeah. model planes? My coup de grace was the, was it monogram or Tamiya? The one thirty second scale... B-29. Nice. That was what my dad gave me. They gave me that for like my 13th birthday or 13th bar mitzvah or 13th uh, something. So it was a, it was a, an, an annual event. I, I, I had begged for it. I could not afford the thing. It was like 50 bucks. I got the 132nd B-29. And just, I just, that was, that was probably the, the day I got to the peak of Everest of modeling. And you you couldn't go any further than that than the B twenty nine. I'd already done the the one seventy second B fifty two. That was huge, huge model. But uh, anyway, so the seven thirty seven door plug not a snap type thing. We've established that, and let's just get into know it all. I want it all, and I want it now. Know it all. First thing. First thing. Um, Broncos a canine, Malinois for Pierce County, and uh, she likes it when they catch the bad guys, and this is the sound she makes. So there you go. Take that dirt bag. Uh, thing, that's a, that's a freebie. That's not even thing one. Okay, so thing one. <clears throat> well, here's some good news. Uh, as I, I'll, Maybe I'll play this, but as we go over um, the one-year anniversary of February 7th, uh, homelessness was a big story this time last year. And there was homelessness um, under the uh, First Avenue Bridge in South Seattle, and that's cleared up, and other camps and all that. So I'm going to say, you know, there's some there's some uh, good news there. This, to me, is a remarkable turning point. For the first time in 20 years, like what's been happening for the last 20 years? We have been outsourcing uh, tech. Um, we've been we have been uh, doing technology transfer with China. China requires if you're going to make your iPhones, your 757s, or your EV Ford F-150s in China, you must transfer some of the tech to them. It's a bad deal, but but we've been making it because it makes the products cheaper. For the first time in 20 years, the U.S. has bought more stuff produced in Mexico than China. Now, granted, the Chinese can uh, read the tea leaves, and, and but it's primarily American manufacturing that offshore to China is coming back to North America, but to Mexico. 
Uh, in the depths of the pandemic, as global supply chains buckled on the cost of shipping a container to China soared nearly 20-fold, Marco Villarreal spied an opportunity. He resigned as Caterpillar as director general in Mexico. Or Caterpillar makes a lot of lot of stuff in Mexico, Volks, Volkswagen does and, and, and all that. And he saw a chance, he saw an opportunity that many, many of us who could smell the coffee saw coming with the COVID, with the Chinese bat fever. He began nurturing ties with companies looking to shift their manufacturing from China to Mexico. He found a client in a Chinese company, Hisun. Hisun, H-I-S-U-N, produces many, many ATVs that you see cheap and maybe you bought and they they don't exactly they're not called made in China. If you look at the label, it says made in China. Well, now they say made in Mexico, so they can change their names to Caballero or Coyote or whatever. Uh, and because it's not made in China, and also the Chinese have discovered that Americans will actually avoid a a made in China label because it says made in China, and go for something that says made made in the USA. And made in the USA does not mean made in the Americas, because Mexico is in the Americas. But some things say made in the Americans, uh, in the Americas. But a lot of Americans will buy a made in Mexico thing. Um, but, but so anyway, the stars are lining for Mexico, Mr. Villarreal said. Foreign companies, partic particularly those seeking to sell within North America, saw Mexico as a viable alternative to China for several reasons, including the simmering trade tensions between the U.S. and Mexico, because um, uh, you know, again, besides that ludicrous border bill that that they just bait and switched and did a, a Charlie Brown field goal on, that the Democrats put out there, spotted up for us. Um, <clears throat> there are tremendous trade sanctions that Trump imposed on China that Biden hasn't touched. His day one executive orders had to do with anything Trump did on the border, and he could undo those tomorrow, but he won't say that. But the China stuff he left in place, and so if you make something in Mexico, it's not made in China. Um, do I need to go further into that? Uh, I don't think so. Um, anyway, thing two. Second thing. Is gun violence really, really the leading cause of death for children? Because this, the crumbly verdict, the, the mother who was held uh, criminally uh, partially responsible uh, for her son's uh, school shooting, uh, is going to be part of a uh, a new move, a new de democratic move, uh, to show themselves to be tough on guns because gun just like you're supposed to get out and vote because there you think there's a, a credible threat to democracy, um, you you're going to be told that the Republicans um, just want guns in kids' hands and the whole thing. On count one of involuntary manslaughter, as to Madison Baldwin, we find the defendant guilty of. Well, involuntary manslaughter. So Washington Post did a, a fact check on this. Are, is gun violence really the leading cause of death for children? Uh, White House said on uh, two weeks ago, gun violence is the leading cause of death of children. Um, Vice President Kamala Harris uh, said at the U.S. Conference of Mayors three weeks ago, quote, gun violence is the leading cause of death of the children of America, leading cause of death, not car accidents, not some form of cancer, gun violence. Well, that's because they're counting 18 and 19-year-olds, which are not children. The law says them ain't children. Um, because as as boys get older, they play with guns more or they play with guns against each other more and the whole thing. Um, 
number one cause of death among people under 18 is fentanyl. Um, there's that. And that goes back to related to a border issue. And they, they want to stay away from that because they, they own that. Now they're trying to make Republicans own it because of that bad bill that we got to read from Sunday night on. So, of course, it's dead by Wednesday. But um, any anyway, yeah, fentanyl specifically in Washington uh, were the number three deadliest state. Um, and people in the DEA are saying that. They don't say this lightly. They're saying it's the worst drug epidemic or drug flood they've ever seen. And it doesn't invent itself. And uh, this was on uh, Channel 7 last night. I promise you. Wait, that's me. Let me get to my guy. All right, here's my guy. That's almost four times the volume recovered in 2021. And it makes Washington the third amongst all states in terms of fentanyl seizures. It's uh, the leading cause of death for adults age 18 to 45 in the United States. More than accidents, more than, than cancer. So there you go. And, you know, to the tune of 120,000 people last year, we're on a pace right now uh, to exceed that. Um, and, and so it's, uh, it, it is scary. And, and I, and I got to say, um, when they showed the map with the little moving arrows coming in from Mex Mexico... Uh, all right, that's that's one way in, but uh, in in all honesty, the one thing we're not talking about uh, is the fentanyl coming in from BC, and it doesn't come through Western Washington. It goes through Yakima to Western Washington. The DEA tells me to find the source of this crisis. You have to travel all the way back to China, right here. That's where criminals are creating a chemical that's then shipped to Mexico. When it gets there. Two cartels and Vancouver, by the way, cartels use that chemical to create fentanyl. From there, that deadly drug is smuggled right into the U.S., and that's how it gets into our streets and on the internet, where teenagers can. So more on that later on. Thing is that three or four? Third thing. Oh, I thought I'd, that was moving on a little at a faster clip than that. Uh, well, a new uh, sports streaming behemoth is coming to your TV. With a monster app or something, uh, so they're saying. Uh, ESPN, Fox, Warner Brothers Discovery announced plans yesterday to launch a sports streaming platform in the fall that will include offerings from at least 15 networks and all four major professional sports leagues. And so that the, what that means, by the way, is that ESPN brings its deals, Fox brings its deals, and Warner Brothers Discovery brings its deals together. They're not mutually exclusive, and they don't have to renegotiate with NBA and MLB and uh, the, the whole thing. A one-stop app to view most sports should be a welcome site for fans who continue to navigate rising costs by subscribing to multiple, multiple services. Here's, here's how markets work, by the way. When, <clears throat> when they consolidate like this, do they give you a break, or do they use their monopoly power? And raise the price. They're going to raise the price. I'm going to pay the price, and until Congress comes along and says, "Hey, you, you get your damn hands off of her," or or whatever, um, lower your price. But at, that, at which point, or or break them back up. Um, thing five, uh, fifth thing. Yeah. So a uh, the murmurs of what the end of the Gaza war are going to look like um, are coming out. Um, the Israelis have said. Um, that the wartime cabinet, the Netanyahu wartime cabinet, 
uh, said the pro- the proposal that Hamas ha- has to agree to because they're being killed every single day. They're running out of more and more guys. They're running out of military age men to impress into service and the whole thing. They know they're losing because I'd like to gather up every pundit that said that this is an unwinnable war because the Israelis have said we don't get it. Um, buildings and then the Mediterranean Sea and then a fence around it and the Egyptians are not letting them use them like Cambodia. Yeah, this is an eminently winnable war. And they're in the process now of month five of winning the thing because Hamas wants out. They want to get their money and go. The Saudis have established uh, think tanks in an attempt to offer creative solutions to the crisis because the one the reason that this the Hamas did successfully provoke the Israelis into invading. The Israelis brought their F-15s with them, and the F-15s brought 2,000-pound JDAMs, and they fought the war the way that they know how to fight the war. But the reason it was doomed, that Hamas was doomed, was because the Saudis stood by the Israelis and said, yeah, we do it too. We don't blame them. Because that was the entire war aim of Iran was to drive a wedge between uh, Israel and Saudi Arabia and in the end, uh, they just made Hamas go supernova. Reports in the past of a new proposal by mediators uh, that included the exile of Hamas leaders from the Gaza Strip to a third country. The, the one thing you know about the Sinwar brothers, uh, Yahya and his brother, is that they want to enjoy their billions that they have stuffed away in Qatar. And so they will negotiate their exit. What happens to the rest of Hamas? They really couldn't care less. Um, we'll come back in just a second. And uh, yeah, protests in Olympia because people don't want babies killed, which is what happens when you give them to their attic parents, as it turns out. Back in a second, AM 770 KTTH. down in Olympia sees a problem um, and that would be the Keeping Families Together Act because that's such a better name than um, keeping newborns with their drug addict parents until they're killed by neglect. And the problem, the central problem is that it moved the goalposts for the Department of uh, Children, Youth and Families, DCYF who, by the way, their ultimate power is the power to remove a child from a, a at-risk home. At-risk because of presence of uh, drug addicts and their drugs and things like that. And so it moved the goalpost to, okay, find different criteria. Imminent violence, whatever that means. And by the way, uh, fentanyl sitting over there on the coffee table and the parent is high on the couch, that's imminent danger. And by danger, I mean uh, violence by neglect or whatever. So it moves the goalposts. For, so, for instance, <clears throat> to uh, keep the families together, the quarterly data update of, from last month uh, from DCYF for the Keeping Families Together Act, um, what we're seeing, bullet point one, the law is meeting the intended impact of reducing removals. So you see, reducing removals, including kids who should be removed from their abusive parents, um, that's the, the new goal line. It's a bad law. And so foster parents um, are uh, organized yesterday to protest uh, the law and its author, 
Uh, Ms. Uh, Representative Ortiz Smith from Summit County uh, is is recognizing that there may be some oversights, some some things that she missed when she wrote the law, which is a little better than complete denial from two weeks ago when you know Port Townsend saw the drug addict dad uh, who has no idea how his three week old infant son who had fentanyl in his system when he was born. How he just woke up, uh, how, how the dad woke up, and there was a dead baby in his lap. And it turned out to be his baby. So he hid the baby. The Keeping Families Together Act, or House Bill 1227, went into effect in July. The law requires a social worker or police officer prove imminent physical harm to a child exists before they can be removed from a home. Something the Jefferson County prosecuting attorney says is nearly impossible. And that can't include presence of drugs anymore. I mean, that's it's ridiculous because because kids are being removed and that removal was uh, inordinately impacting families of color or something. And it's like maybe you need to go one more cause back before you just default to protect the kid and and like taking taking kid from a drug filled house. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to put that in my pantheon of protecting kids where an infant died while in the care of the baby's father, a man who was a known drug addict, according to police. The father was charged with hiding and disposing of the baby's body. We want everybody to kind of know that this is what's happening. We want people to know while legislation is in session, that there are other bills being heard that can help kind of bridge that gap between what imminent physical harm is. Fujita tells me she personally reached out to Representative Lillian Ortiz Self, the sponsor of the law, to get answers, but didn't hear back. So I took these foster parents' questions directly to the representative. And, and by the way, just just to double down on that, um, that their criteria for talking to me on the air, and by the way, you can say no. You can say no, we, we, we won't do live radio because you might surprise me with like a hard question. I'll, I'll take that. But I'm going to say on the air that uh, that was your answer. What they did was they arranged a really inconvenient Zoom call. Uh, and I gave them a polite, uh, okay, I tried. You have my number. Bye. Foster parents are a big part of our system, um, and we value their input. Ortiz Self tells me she still stands by her law, but supports the newly proposed House Bill 2447, which... What does that say, AJ? Defines opioids like fentanyl as enough to remove a child. I think it's the right way to go. I think we need to eliminate that ambiguity. And we heard from even if it's too... Well, well, why was the ambiguity there? I mean, you wrote it. Judges that may turn down, uh, may not see it that way. We want to make it clear. We want we want to make sure that... Um, that no child is put in danger. Report well, a little, little late on that one because there's a dead three-week-old in Port Townsend because of your law. Uh, because you you gave marching orders to DCYF to keep families together even if drugs are present. And so so that's where you, you get a kid um, born with fentanyl in the system. The medical staff are mandatory reporters. They call DCYF. They take the newborn away from the mother um, and meanwhile, dad is in, equally a drug addict, lives in a tent in a park in Port Townsend, has 28 warrants out for him. <clears throat> you know, whatever, a third red tent on the left.
just knock once. And and that's the guy that DCYF, because because of the goal line, gives the baby, re, uh, reverses the removal and hands the baby back to the fentanyl addict with 28 warrants and then and a shocking development, uh, the kid's dead. Um, and so anyway, the, the law of unintended consequences of law is what, what, uh, you might say. Um, and it, it is, and also the sad thing is that is another canary in the coal mine, uh, as channel seven was saying last night about the fentanyl in Washington. It's a, it's a big, big deal. And, and, and I'll say when it comes to the format of those stories, you know, you, you start with the tearful parent because there's too many and that's what they did they start with the tearful parents um i hope it's not you and uh that is uh you know i it's almost like it's becoming background noise um and and that's why i i just i maintain i was saying a year ago speaking of a year ago um talking about a year ago when we had um, when when the the top story was about homelessness uh, in South Park and actually I open twenty four hours a day um, when it's cold. Keith Hughes is one of those guys who knows it's complicated, but he too got so frustrated with the homelessness response, he opened his own private shelter here in West Seattle. That was one year ago. That was February seventh of last year, twenty twenty three, and and so a, a year later, it's it's penetrated. I think most people's. Uh, sort of everyday lexicon, fentanyl um, and Narcan and and the whole thing. And I, I, I am glad to see that the social acceptance of Narcan in the school nurse's office uh, exists. And my advice would be that you don't have two in your uh, high school, in your, in your kid's high school. You have a box of 40 of them. Because I, I, it blew me away to, to hear about the uh, DCYF, the, the, the State Department of Corrections uh, youth home down in Chehalis. That in one OD that Chehalis PD had to respond to required eight Narcans in one individual, in just one individual to get, get a pulse back. It's supposed to be just squirt one up their snot locker and they go, blah, they wake up like Dracula. In many cases, it's like that, but in in some, it's not. In in some, who, the more fentanyl that's in your Tylenol three, uh, the more Narcan's uh, you need. And so, this is a like a nineteen year old in Chehalis in a state facility that got nine or eight shots of Narcan. Um, and so, just imagine that's your high school, you know, and just one kid needs eight, and turns out he. he he shared uh, the the same drug with uh, ten more kids or two more kids. Now you're now you're talking about where? Okay, we need eighteen more Narcans. Uh, back in a second with the latest on the war with the Houthis. Have they surrendered yet? When's the victory parade? AM seven seventy KTTH. Jason Rance here for Bellevue Rare Coins. You know, they're the place that gets you the most for your old jewelry and gold coins. With over 45 years of reliable local community service, they are your trusted experts. Take advantage of their free evaluation offer. You'll see why they've got thousands of five-star online reviews. Everyone is welcome. Experienced collectors and individuals with inherited collections. You'll get the best payout in the industry. 
Visit one of their four locations, Bellevue, Linwood, Issaquah, or Tacoma, or online at BellevueRareCoins.com. Leading Edge Medicine helps you decide how to age. See what your options really are. Every Saturday morning between 8 and 10, Dr. Jerry Mixon and Dr. Samira Umat answer your health questions live on the radio. Longevity Medical Clinic is the ultimate preventative medical clinic for good reasons. Hear Leading Edge Medicine Saturday mornings from 8 to 10 right here on AM 770 KTTH. On the KTTH, Brian Suits here. That's how your government apparently sees you. If you, um, you know, shop online for stuff and junk and uh, uh, Second Amendment related items, uh, shall we say, or uh, if you leave behind banking records that have certain keywords uh, in them, like uh, MAGA. And wait to hear the others on this. Uh, Fox News Digital with a, a investigation, and and wait wait to hear your Treasury Secretary on, on this. There there's a branch of Treasury called FinCEN, Financial Center, and they do most of the investigating. But they only investigate what they're told to investigate. They don't have like uh you know Sam Spade out there kicking doors or something. Uh, but anyway, be prepared to be outraged here, but only if you search for um, some of the terms you're about to hear or, or online bank with some of the companies. Fox News Digital exclusively reported the federal government basically profiled who they thought would be a person of interest. And it came down to people who love to shop at Cabela's, Dick's Sporting Goods or Bass Pro Shops who might have purchased religious books. It sounds a lot like most Americans. Uh, uh, you mean most terrorists? I mean, isn't that crazy? If 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 you're online and you use a credit card, um, because maybe a, a, a kid is turning eighteen or sixteen, and you want to buy him a, a really high end special commemorative Bible or a a, a a religious book, and wild stab, Quran is not part of the surveillance, uh, and this is going through. This is with the assistance of your bank. If purchased religious books, it sounds a lot like most Americans. Those were the red flags investigators wanted banks to look out for. A sign, they said, someone could be a homegrown violent extremist. Yellen, when asked about all this yesterday, didn't deny it, but also didn't have much of an explanation either. And now, Janet Yellen. If purchased religious oh, wow. books, it sounds... A and now, uh, Janet Yellen with a clear answer. Well, we received a letter from you, I believe, on this topic, and we intend to investigate fully and to respond. This is House Banking Committee yesterday. Have you instructed banks have and financial institutions, institutions to provide this information? Well, FinCEN's job is to work with financial institutions to make sure... Are they instructing them? Financial institutions to search Americans' legal transactions in attempts to surveil their purchases. I, I promise a thorough look into everything. Not an answer. And by the way, 
she has, you know, I, it's not often that, that I say this, but if you ever want to see the cat that ate the canary, that's the look. She, she does not have an answer. And so, you know how uh, bureaucrats work. If they don't have an answer, they promise a third. This is the Mallorca answer. <clears throat> um, we'll, we'll look into that. Well, I promise that we will uh, look into that. Um, Senator, I promise uh, as soon as I leave here. I, I promise a thorough look into everything. I mean, you knew the hearing was coming. But so anyway, uh, real, real basic OPSEC, folks. Pay cash. Pay cash for guns. Pay cash for ammo um, till further notice. Um, uh, I mean, that's what they're doing. And, and you know what that means. You know that there's a ba- you're all, all in the basket of deplorables. Have you ever been to a gun show? You're in the basket. You have your own basket and you're deplorable. Um, have you uh, ever done any, you know, through your bank, you know, look at your transactions because some of them come up weird. Um, but I mean, if, if you bought anything over 400 bucks at, uh, Dick Sporting Goods, uh, Cabela's or Best Pro, Pro Shop, I thought. Dick stopped being in the business of retail firearm sales because of something, uh, and uh, not 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 sure. But of course, Cabela's and Best Pro Shop. There's only one reason to go there to get a uh, an anti democracy bullet delivery device, you know, or something. But that this this should stun you. And, and you know, keep in mind, um, I'll, I'll keep this story updated because this is not the kind of thing. That Seattle Times is going to just jump on, um, but it's the kind of thing that the local media, who you know live in the two hundred six area code, it's not on the radar. But the the idea that the federal government uh, is getting the cooperation of your bank uh, and my bank on uh, keywords because this is a combination because you don't you don't bank for MAGA. Okay, um, so this is a combination of internet search terms and then um, being corroborated or or confirmed in their minds by your banking habits. Because this one time your bank debit card or credit card was run for uh, seven ninety nine at Cabela's for Springfield XD or whatever. I'm just saying it's a really good handgun. Um, yeah, it's single stack, but it's really thin. It's a good carry gun. And so, um, th- that's disturbing, but I mean, I, you know, I'm, this is her as much as the, the reticence in her answer. She knows that this is happening because she's of, of like mind that on January 6th, you had, uh, Bible thumping rebels who wanted to interrupt, uh, the house count of the vote. I, I promise a thorough look. And I mean, because who else has guns in America except Bible thumping rebels? So, I mean, and that, that, that you know, literally is how they uh, how they uh, look at it. Um, by the way, well, I haven't heard of this none of these candidates, but he 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 or she sounds like the like a breath of fresh air. Former UN ambassador Nikki Haley suffered an embarrassing defeat yesterday in a non-binding Republican primary in Nevada, and it was a weird primary. It was it was like an in person and a caucus, so it's kind of kind of odd. But uh, anyway, uh, so anyway, she lost 
she was the only major candidate on the ballot side of the primary, and she lost to none of these candidates. Um, meanwhile, President Biden uh, notched an easy victory to the uh, Washington generals uh, on the Democratic side. Uh, in the contest of Donald Trump skipped and does not count toward delegates to the nominating convention, uh, more Republican primary voters selected none of these candidates' option uh, to Nikki Haley. And so, but apparently she needs a clearer sign that it may be time uh, to uh, get out of stuff uh, and junk. And then also, uh, by the way, I forgot to play this again. Unedited. This is unedited. But this is a after Graham Potus denounced the Republicans who have ha who have actually read the bill and and could see that that was not going to solve anyone's uh, immigration problem or border problem, uh, then he did take questions. And one of the questions was, why does that Blinken character keep flying to the Middle East and coming back without a deal? Is there a deal coming or not? And, it's, and part of the problem is that they're trying to spin it. It's no thanks to the White House. It's thanks to... Uh, Israel, thanks to Saudi Arabia, thanks to the, the Emirates, um, but not thanks to the White House. They're going to work out their own deal. And he, because they hadn't worked out the answer, someone asked him, hey, what's what's the latest on uh, Gaza? There is some movement, and I don't want to, I don't want to, well, maybe choose my words. There's some movement, there's been a response from the, uh, the, the there's been a response from the opposition but um, it, yes I'm sorry from Hamas but it seems to be uh, a little over the top we're not sure where it is there's a continuing negotiation right now anyway I, for one, will apologize to you because you will never get that 35 seconds of your life back. Uh, but uh, who is leading the charge? What what group, since the financial year started on October 1, 2023, the financial year for 2024, what group has been leading the charge into the United States? <clears throat> the answer may surprise you. And what it was, what, what about this border bill? would not have made a difference uh, on this. And how to, how to be uh, Putin's enemy in one sail, one military sail to America. The, the reason that Ecuador is on the outside looking in to former arms supplier Russia is because of this one funny deal. Number three may surprise you. Uh, and uh, the, the Senate is going to, Senator Schumer is going to hold a vote on the border uh, kabuki anyway. And so uh, Kabuki of a Kabuki is still a Kabuki. Um, when we come back, uh, yeah, those teens that were that stole a car so they could hit people and laugh about it and then post it on, on the Internet uh, were in front of a judge. That judge apparently not amused. Uh, we'll get to all that. And the, uh, the give a gun to your depressed homicidal teen verdict uh, is in, uh, was in yesterday. We'll get to that. Get all of it uh, for hour number three on a Wednesday, right after the Samsung 70 KTTH.